praise God. It is good to see all of you this morning, and uh, it's exciting for, always exciting for us when we've been gone to be back. I've only gone a Sunday, and it feels like a month. It feels like I have to relearn how to preach and all that stuff again, but I'm sure I'll sort of slip right back into it uh, without a whole lot of issues or problems, I hope, this morning. So, uh, as Pastor John mentioned, as you've heard, we are doing a water baptism service this morning. Uh, we have been doing a series, this is our last week of a series, that we're calling Miraculous. And um, kind of has taken a little bit of a different turn at times, but, but I really believe with all of my heart that the greatest miracle that the Bible tells us about is the miracle of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Jesus, not just a human being who rose again, who, who, who you know, was dead but then alive. That's happened actually a lot of times in history that somebody has been dead and even medical history, it's, it's happened that people have, have come back from the dead. But this was totally different. This was God's son, uh, the lamb of God, the person that was sinless. And he came with a specific purpose of being the Messiah, of being the Christ, the son of God. And he died on Calvary's cross and his blood was shed. And, and he died an agonizing, painful death for your sin and for my sin so that we could be, uh, become new creatures in Christ Jesus. And, and to me, that's the greatest miracle, but it leads to a bunch of other miracles that happen. And um, in, in, in the book of Psalm chapter 77... We've used this text of scripture uh, several times because I think that sometimes we need to be reminded, but it says in verse 14, you are the God of miracles and wonders. How many of you know that God is a God of awesome things? All right, about half of you. We're going to extend this series longer until we get 75% of you believing that God is the God of awesome things. Let me ask that question one more time. How many of you believe God is a God of awesome things? All right, there we go. All right, you apparently didn't want an extended series. Whether you lied or not, I don't know. All right, and then he goes on and says, you still demonstrate your awesome power. I don't want you to lose sight of that in anything that has happened in this series. I don't want you to lose sight of that going forward from here. You're still the God. God is still the God who does wonders, who does the miraculous, who does the powerful. And, and part of the reason that I want to emphasize that is because we have a tendency to think that what we call Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, celebrating Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, that we have a tendency to look at that as a one-time event 2,000 years ago that Jesus died, he rose again, woo-hoo, let's go eat ham and hide eggs. And I swear that if somebody <clears throat> had no idea what the resurrection of Christ was about, they would be like church, eggs, candy, Jesus, out of the ground, cross. How does all of this add up? It's confusing, I think, for people. But I don't want you to lose sight of this idea of the miraculous. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, it says that the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, the spirit of God, Romans 8, 11, please. Are we locked up back there? There we go. Romans 8, 11, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? Where does he live? And that's a game changer, that's a life changer, that's an eternity changer, that's a tomorrow changer. Because the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, it goes on and says, and just as God raised Christ from the dead, and we believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, that God did that, amen? amen. We believe that he did that. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit that's living within you. Because the spirit of life in Christ Jesus lives on the inside of you. That's why I say this is a game changer. It's a tomorrow changer. It's a next week changer. It is a life changer. It is a destiny changer. 
But for the miraculous to happen in your life, and Pastor Tim mentioned this, he did a great job last week, but Pastor Tim talked about faith last week, that, that it seems that the miraculous that we read about in the Bible was always conditional and, and it required human beings to actually do something in partnership with God. And if you lose sight of this, and if you're just waiting around and thinking, well, God, I need a miracle, as soon as you get done with it, you know, let me know. Well, most of the time when God does the miraculous, he wants us to be involved in it. He asks us to take a step of faith. He asks us, you you know, with the feeding of the 5,000, what have you got? Well, we don't have enough. Doesn't matter. What have you got? Well, I got some filet of fish sandwiches. All right, we're going to make that enough. I want you to sit down in groups of 50. How long did that take? 5,000 people. That's just the men. There were women and children also. You, you ever try to organize 5,000, 10, 15, 20,000 people, and some of them are kids? How long would that take to get groups of 50? But God wants our participation with him, and that's the step of faith that we all must take to have the miraculous. It's, it's what happened in the new birth when you made Jesus the Lord of your life. And we made this distinction a couple of weeks ago, the distinction between believing in Jesus and believing on Jesus. When I believe in Jesus, I believe that Jesus was the Son of God, and I believe that he came, and I believe all of these things. I believe that he died for me. I believe that he rose again. But that's quite a different thing than believing on. Believing on means that I am resting in his work. I'm resting in what he has done. I believe that Jesus' death on the cross was enough for me. That his blood paid the price. And I am now, and this is a big statement, this is a faith statement, I am now the righteousness of God in Christ. I have right standing with God, not because of me, but because of him. I have right standing with God because of something Jesus did, and I responded by faith to what he did. And that moment that you do that is a miraculous moment in your life. Because at that moment, you are taken from the kingdom of darkness and you're brought into the kingdom of God's son. At that moment, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus enters into you and makes you brand new on the inside. You become a new creation in Christ Jesus. All of the old things pass away. They're dead and they're powerless in your life. And all things become new. God puts something new. There's a new and living way on the inside of you. And we're to live our life. Pastor John mentioned the scripture in Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me. And this life that I live in the flesh, I'm living by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. God asked me to do impossible things. God asks me to follow him, and God asked me to say yes to things that I should say yes to and no to say things that I should say no to. And he asked me to walk in a certain way, but he's also given me the power to enable me to walk that way. And so when all of those things are taken into account, the greatest miracle, God raising Jesus from the dead, but right behind that, there is a miracle when we by faith say yes to Jesus and and, and step across that line, if you will, of faith, believing on him, what he has done, and that that is enough. It is Christ and Christ alone, nothing else. I don't know about you, but that excites me and it makes me happy because I'm brand new on the inside and my old life, my old stuff, it's gone, it's dead, it's buried and he's given me a brand new life. 
And so, and so right behind the miracle of the miraculous of God raising Jesus from the dead is him raising us from the dead, him putting his life in us so that we walk in a new way. Now, here's what Jesus did. When Jesus died and was buried and then he rose again and, and, and then he appeared to his disciples and he gave them certain commandments, one of the things that he said to them in Matthew chapter, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> Matthew chapter 28, Verse 19, he's giving them the great commission, not the great suggestion, the great commission. This is what I want you to do. In fact, he kind of boiled it down and said, if you forget everything else that we've talked about for the last three and a half years, if you forget all that stuff, remember this. Go ye therefore and make disciples, disciplined followers of all nations, baptizing them. Everybody say baptizing. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Guys, if you forget everything else, I want you to make sure that you go, every, that everywhere you go, you declare that I was the son of God, that I died, but I'm now alive. And if people, wherever you go, if groups of people begin to accept that, then I want you to, to begin to meet together. And they went into all the world and they began to, to preach and they began to teach and they began to gather disciples. But Jesus said, one of the things in the process that's important to me that I don't want you to forget is that people need to be baptized. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, <laughs> whether you believe this or not, <clears throat> and I've answered a lot of questions over the years, 25 years that we've been here and, and, and years beyond that, I've answered a lot of questions when it comes to this idea of baptism. And because I've answered a lot of questions, here's what I've learned. Every single one of you, first of all, let me just, we'll, we'll pull back 30,000 foot view. Virtually every denomination, Christian organization that follows Christ has baptism as a part of their function. It has baptism as a part of what they do as a church. And because every Christian organization has the idea of baptism firmly rooted in their structure of doing things, whether you realize it or not, you all have, a, have an opinion about baptism. Every single one of you has some kind of an opinion about baptism, and, and generally it's not necessarily based on study, it's not necessarily based on, uh, on other things like that, it's based on what you observed, perhaps grew up with, what you saw lived out. I was raised in an Assembly of God church, and uh, we practice water baptism similarly to how you will see it this morning. And, and, and for whatever reason, nobody ever said this to me, but I just thought this, I thought that when it came to baptism, everybody else got it wrong except for the assembly of God and the Baptists. Everybody else was, and I, nobody ever said that, but I just assumed that we were the ones who did it right and that everybody else did it wrong. And I would venture to guess that you have the same opinion. That, and part of the reason I know that is because here's what I'll hear. I'll hear things about, you know, well, well, I was baptized before. Do I need to be baptized again? Or I'll hear, you know, parents or grandparents, well, you know, we, we had a child. We had a baby. I have a grandson, a granddaughter, and I want to make sure that they get in. Implying that baptism is the way to get in to God's good graces. That baptism is a way to get in to the kingdom of heaven. And I, I just want to tell you this morning that that isn't, as far as I can see from Scripture, that's not accurate. 
And so when I hear those things, that tells me something. That tells me that we have a lot of misunderstanding about what baptism is. And so you have an opinion about baptism. I have an opinion about baptism. But I want to take you perhaps on a little bit of a journey this morning, just very quickly, as it relates to baptism, a little bit of history of baptism, a little bit of what the Bible says about baptism. Because again, virtually virtually every Christian group agrees about the importance of baptism. But after that agreement comes a lot of disagreement. Because we're, I mean, and it, it, it's tough when, when somebody says, hey, how you were baptized, how you did something in, in, in honor and reverence to God, that's wrong. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to be that bold to say, well, that was stupid. You should never have done it that way. I, I'm not going to say it. What, I, what I'm saying this morning is that we want to push back. We want to fight back when, when, when something that we love and cherish has been challenged. We don't like that. And it's just a natural thing to kind of push against that. And so, again, as I said, <clears throat> I think it's important that we look at a little bit of history, a little bit of scripture before we actually uh, uh, do baptisms this morning. And so the word baptize, the word, everybody just say this with me, baptize. All right. Now, it's actually from the Greek, and, and just real quick, this is probably a pastor geek out moment more than it is just a normal person geek out moment, but I kind of like this stuff. When the Bible was translated, the New Testament was written in Greek, and, and there was translation. So, so the word theos in the Greek, there was a counterpoint or a counterpart, a, an English word uh, um, for theos, and it was the word God. So whenever, they, whenever there was a Greek word, that, like the word agape, it's the word love. The Greek word agape is the word love. So they would just translate that to the word love because that was a known word. God was a known word. But there were other words that didn't have an English counterpoint, and so there was a transliteration, and they would take the, the Greek letter, uh, in this case, the Greek word uh, uh, baptizo, um, that, that, the B, that's uh, beta, so, so they would just, you know, okay, that's the letter B. And they would go and they would transliterate it and make an English word from a combination of the Greek words that were there. And so we have the word baptize. It was translated from the Greek word baptizo. But basically what that means, it means to wash. It means to plunge. It means to soak. It means to dip. How many of you like Oreo cookies? And how many of you know the best way to eat an Oreo cookie is to dunk it in your preferred beverage, either coffee or milk? Or fresh chocolate chip cookies and a glass of cold milk on a hot day at the state fair. What are you doing? You are baptizing that cookie. Now, now here, because that's now, now this is what you need to understand this morning. Baptize was not a religious word. Baptize was a normal everyday word. It meant to, if a if a, if a ship a ship sunk in the sea, that ship was baptized. Baptizo. It, it, it was immersed under. And so it was not a religious word. It didn't mean what, what at least what we think that it means today. And, and so you might wonder this morning, and, and I want you to know I have an agenda this morning, and it's so crystal clear to me, so real to me. When Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, and baptize. I realized not too long, I was like, I'm going to get to heaven. And, and, and one of the things that I get graded on that Jesus is going to ask me about is, what about baptisms? Did you do what I asked the disciples to do? So I have an agenda. I think that every man, woman, uh, every adult that, that has made Jesus the Lord of the life should be baptized. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe that it is important for you because apparently it was important to Jesus and his last words. And so it, therefore it should be important to us. And so when we, when we look at the word baptize, 
And, and, and it was not a religious word. It was an everyday word. Uh, Jesus used it several times, but we see it translated as the word wash. Look at Mark chapter 7 and verse 4. It says, when they came from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. That's the word baptize. And there, were many, and there are many other things which they have received and hold like the baptizing or the washing of cups, pitchers, copper vessels, and couches. In Luke eleven thirty eight, it says, when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner. That's the same word, baptize. Now, what he, he, Jesus wasn't telling his disciples that, that you need to wash your hands, you know, go into all the world, make sure you wash your hands before you go into all the world. In fact, there was a recipe uh, for pickles 200 years before Christ. And the word baptize is used in it twice. You baptize the pickles when you wash them off, and you baptize them again in vinegar. And then they go die and go to heaven. No, that's not what happens. It was just an everyday natural word that was a part of everything that was, was common to them in that day. And the reason that I stress this is because somehow we went from something that meant to dip, to wash, to soak, to a very religious experience in, in Christian denominations around the world. How did we get there? How did what Jesus asked the disciples to do and John the Baptist did with the early church practice, how did that get from a simple washing of hands or dishes to a, a very powerful thing in the life of a believer. Well, real quickly, 30,000 foot view again. When, when the Jewish nation, in the, you know, there's the Old Testament, there's the New Testament. Old, Old Testament, a lot of history, a lot of God's dealing with his chosen people, the Jews, a lot of types or shadows. There, there was a foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to do in, in so much of the function. But when they would go in, and if you're reading in, in, uh, you know, through the, the, the Bible with us, you've been reading some of the history where, where you know, go into the land and, and, and drive out the inhabitants of the land, sometimes kill the people in the land. It's like, man, it's pretty gruesome. It, it's pretty, that's wow kind of a thing, and, and, and yet that's, that's how we need to deal with sin in our lives. We need to deal with stuff in our life. We need to be ruthless. We need to get rid of it, that, that kind of a thing, and that's part of the picture. But when, when there were nations or people that began to look at Israel and see the favor and the blessing that they walked in, when they began to see that, some of them said, I want to be a part of that. And so the Jewish nation, those in leadership, came up with a way that those who were not Jews could become Jewish. They could become a part of the, the Jewish thing. And there were different things that different people said to do. But basically, there were four or five things that, that you needed to do. You needed to... to, to you needed to be circumcised, which it was a wonder there were any men that wanted to become Jewish people after that. Uh, uh, and... and for obvious reasons. And so, you know, circumcision was a part of it. There was some kind of a ceremony sometimes. And then there was, a, there was always a washing that was, that was involved in that. And that was done sort of alone in private. And the idea was that you were washing away your Gentileness. You were washing away your past associations. You were washing away your past life. And now you have become, you are now stepping away from that into followership of Israel's God. And Israel's God's ways were we're going to become your ways because you had washed yourself from those other ways. And so in a nutshell, the, the Jewish people, the nation had a form, had a ceremony that would allow a person to be moved from that idea of being a Gentile, being outside of the covenant of Israel into the covenant of Israel, into the blessing of God. 
And that was, that was common, that was known, that was out there. And so we have then the history, the Bible tells us about a guy by the name of John the Baptist. In the English, John the Baptist, that's what we know him at, but go ahead and put the Greek up there. Uh, he was known, John the Baptist was, and that's Johann, Bap, Johann Ho, uh, I think it's Baptist. Baptizo, baptizo. So anyway, John the Baptist. Now, what's interesting about this particular, remember, baptism was not a, or baptizing baptism, not a religious word. But John the Baptist, this idea, this translation only shows up in religious writings. He was known as John the Soaker, John the Washer, John the Baptist. And that's what he did. Does anybody know what John's message was? What was it? Repent. Now think about this. He went out preaching, basically repent. Basically he went to the Jewish and he said, you're, you're children of Abraham. And they thought, yeah, we're children of Abraham. That gets us in. All we have to do is be born of the seed of Abraham. We're in. And then he said to them, you need to follow the ways of God. Wait a minute. I thought that if I was born in, I'm in. I don't need to, I don't need to follow anything. I'm in. And he said, that's why you need to repent because you're going the wrong way. And he and they were big crowds. He apparently was an excellent speaker, an excellent preacher, because there were religious leaders that came to John and said, "Are you the Messiah? Are, are you the one?" And, and John was like, "No, no, no. I'm I'm just the forerunner. I'm just the one who is who is alerting you to know that the Messiah is coming. He's here. And one day, and, and as people believed in John's way of preaching and teaching, he said, "All right, I, I'm going to become a follower of John. I'm going to I'm going to." I, I, I believe and I'm going to repent. And John basically said, it's not enough that you sit by the banks of the Jordan River and hear me preach and nod your head in agreement. I want you to get off the banks of the river. I want you to step down into this water and let me baptize you. Let me do something. And, and so however it happened, there was an association that what John was doing in baptizing people, there was a religious connotation that said, you're stepping out of one thing and into something else. And that was why we're all wearing these, 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 you know, faith gone public shirts, because that's really what was happening. That, that was faith gone public. They believed in a certain thing. They believed a certain way. And, and because of that, they stepped out of one thing into another, and they stepped forward, and they were baptized by John. And then one day, Jesus is in the crowd. And Jesus is there, and John recognizes it, and he says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And, 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 and Jesus stepped down into the water to be baptized by John, and John said, no, I, I can't baptize you. I'm not even worthy to tie your shoes. And Jesus said, I need to be baptized by you. I believe that Jesus understood how powerful it would be to affirm the message that John was preaching. And so Jesus himself stepped into the water. He was baptized by John, and he came up out of the water. Dove landed on his head. God spoke, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then Jesus tells his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Those who respond to the gospel need to be baptized. In Acts chapter 19, I, I love this verse because I think it just spells out so clearly so clearly for us. Verse 3 says this, uh, John, he's, he, or I'm sorry, the Apostle Paul, he goes into the region of Galatia, and he's asking them, you know, about their spiritual journey. 
And he asked them the question, have you been, have you actually, have you received the Holy Spirit? And, and they said, no. And, and he said, well, then what baptized, this is verse three, then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. They apparently had been by the banks of the Jordan River, heard John preach, accepted what he said, stepped into the water, got baptized. Wouldn't you think that if John the washer, John the dunker, John the Baptist baptized you, don't you think that would be good enough? I mean, it wasn't just Joe Blow who baptized me. It wasn't just Pastor Nobody who baptized me. It was John the Dunker, John the Baptist. I mean, that should be good enough. That should get you extra brownie points, I think. But what did Paul say? Verse 4, Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we see this played out. We see people responding by faith to Christ, and then almost immediately they were baptized. Again, they were washing away the past. It was symbolic in one sense, you know, and again, well, I'll get to that in just a moment. So again... Jesus said this in Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always. Go everywhere, all over the world. Everywhere you go, preach the gospel, the good news, that Jesus sent his son because of love, died, shed blood. And because of that, when people would affirm, when people would believe, when people would say yes to that, then I want you to baptize them. I want you to baptize them. And, 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 and so here's what you need to know a couple of things about baptism. Number one, baptism is a public declaration of a new association. It's a public declaration. It's faith gone public. It's, going, it's a person who says, I'm now identifying with a new way. I'm now identifying with a new system, a new structure, new priorities in my life, and I'm making a public declaration. I'm not going to stand on the banks of the river any longer. I'm coming out from the crowd, and I'm making a declaration today that there's a new association in my life. Number two, baptism is a personal declaration. It's not just public, but it is personal. This is one of the reasons that we don't baptize small children or infants here because this is a personal decision between you and the Lord out of a response of faith. The pattern that we see over and over and over again in the New Testament is that they heard about Jesus, they accepted Jesus, and then they were baptized. It wasn't the other way around. It was a personal decision. We've had many people who have said, I wanted to be baptized for me. I don't remember being baptized as, as an infant or as a, as a child. Or it was a decision that somebody else made for me. My, my parents or grandparents, somebody was encouraging me, telling me I need to go get this done so I'm in. And that kind of a thing is just, it's really based, some, it's partly tradition but partly fear. I'm afraid that if my child doesn't get baptized, then if something happens to them, they won't go to heaven. Let me just put those fears to rest. There is nothing in the Bible that says that God's going to be mad at your children because they didn't get baptized. Or that God's going to keep them out of heaven because they didn't get baptized. And that's the, the, the third point is that baptism is not a condition of salvation. Baptism is the evidence of salvation. It is not a condition. I mean, you know, the most common example is the thief on the cross. Jesus said, you know, the, the one thief said, you know, if you're really the son of God, get us all off this cross. 
Help us out here. The other thief said, don't you realize who you're talking to? And he said, Jesus, you know, I want to be with you. I believe in you. And Jesus said, today, right now, you're going to get what I, you will get the same blessing I get. Isn't that powerful? You get the very same, even though at the, you, I mean, you're like a moment away from death. You timed this thing well. You, you were a thief and a sinner. You were a corrupt person. And here you are. Because I used to think that as a kid, I want to just live and have a bunch of fun. And at the very last second, if I could time this, just right, okay, Jesus, I believe in you. I'm dead. I'm going to heaven. And then I felt guilty about that. That's not right. That's not nice. That's not even, that's terrible to think that way. And then there's always the fear, what if I miss it? Jesus, Dang it. Now I'm going to burn forever. Shoot. <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, back at the message. <laughs> Baptism is not a condition of salvation. It is the evidence of salvation. You believe on, believe on Jesus. That, that's what gets you into heaven. It's not believe on and. It's not believe on and don't do these things. It's not believe on and stop this, quit that, start that, get baptized. It's not believe on and. It is believe on and that's enough. That's enough. And so baptism is, is a public declaration. I believe in Jesus. I've stepped out of my old way into a new way. It is a, it is a, a, a personal one. I'm doing this because of my de declaration and decision of faith. I believed in Jesus. I'm, I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things pass away, and that's what it's a part of. To be totally honest with you, I am less hung up on, 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 the, on the form of baptism, and I'm more hung up on the timing of baptism, personally. I, you know, we use this tradition, if you will. I've had people tell me, well, we should baptize in a lake, we should baptize in a river, but nobody ever shows up for those, so we do it here, um, you know. And so, and, and in Minnesota, you know, it's like you never know what the weather's going to be like, and it's no fun when you're doing this the whole time, and people are driving by on boats, and they're laughing, and just, you know, it's, it, it takes away from those moments that should be really, really special in the life of a believer. And then you wonder, well, why do we do it like this? You know, the Jordan River was, it was one of the, common places. It was one of the places that, that, that life happened on a regular basis. There were decisions and, and contacts and community and fellowship and all of those other things that happened around the Jordan River. John was there preaching. Well, similarly, the Sunday morning service here at Joy is sort of the community. It's sort of the moment that, that uh, uh, you know, this church comes together. There are people who have been born again in small groups, in, in children's ministry, in youth ministry, people born again in different places, in different ways, some here on a Sunday morning, but, but, but this is the place that we all come together, and it's a point in time that we can all rejoice, and we can all celebrate to see the miraculous things that God doesn't just do on a Sunday morning at the end of a service with heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around, but God does that them on a Wednesday night, on a Sunday morning, in another part, on a Tuesday morning, on a Saturday, whatever it might be, that people are responding after having thought about it, they're responding by faith in Christ. And so this morning, as we baptize these people, um, I want to encourage you, uh, I've asked them to share perhaps a testimony if they're comfortable with that, but I want to encourage you to encourage them in, in the way that they are. So I'm going to ask uh, Shelly to come, Pastor John, would you come this morning and uh, we'll step over here, we need my Baptist, my, bap, my, my, my dunk team, my dip team, uh, uh, praise God, Pat and Deb and Jim and Lori, uh, Lawrence, they set these things up and make sure that we have all the ice cubes in the water for you guys. 
And uh, I don't know, it just never gets old for me to say that. But it's not true. It's actually very warm water. And so we'll ask the, uh, the folks to come on up. And Ashley. Hello. There we go. Up first today will be Chloe Alishire. Can you all come up, please? It's always awesome having a bunch of people getting baptized. If you guys want to come on up, if you have family and stuff, I see all these cell phones out. God is great. I should think sometimes before I act. Dang it. Um, uh, you know, family, things like that. If you want to come on up here, be closer, that'd be totally fine with us. We love having a lot of people be baptized, but sometimes it's like hurting cats. And I'll, I'll just say this while they're doing that. Uh, if you're here this morning, you've never been baptized, you're a believer in Christ. You say, you've said yes to Jesus, and you've never heard baptism so wonderfully, powerfully, and eloquently explained as you just did. Uh, and you say, you know what? I've thought about this, and I've been a little bit timid, a little bit shy, but you know what? I, I want to be baptized. Uh, we'll baptize you this morning. Um, if you thought, well, maybe, you know, I did this as a dare uh, when I was a teenager, and, and uh, I didn't didn't really mean it or I didn't really know what was going on at that point and you say, I, I, I want to be baptized, uh, you can just jump up here at any point in time and we will baptize you and uh, praise God. We're going to have some fun this morning. Thank wow. You. Chloe Allishire. All right, Chloe, just step down the steps and then walk down here. We're going to have to move this that way. No, I got to come around this way, don't I? Great. Yep, just turn around and sit down. There we go. All right, Chloe, you've made Jesus the Lord of your life? Yes. And is there anything you'd like to say this morning? No, thank you. No, thank you. All right. I kind of thought that, but all right. Well, it's my pleasure to baptize you this morning in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Next will be Justin DiGiuseppe. There's no way I can get on this side of the way it looks. I don't know if I can do, boy, I, I got to learn a new way to do this. I could try that. He, would, he just couldn't wait this morning to get baptized. And I'm supposed to hold you under for a long time is what I've been told. Two minutes. He's been practicing. All right. All right. <laughs> a little personality here. I like it. All right. Uh, you've made Jesus the Lord of your life? Yes. Anything you'd like to say this morning? Uh, I'm happy to take this next step and continue believing in Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, on your testimony this morning, it's my pleasure to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Next, we have Whitney DiGiuseppe. told you it would be warm. <laughs> All right, Whitney, you've made Jesus the Lord of your life. Yes. Anything you'd like to say this morning? I'm happy to make my faith gone public. Amen. Amen. That's what it's about this morning. So on your profession of faith, it's my pleasure to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Woohoo.
Next, we have Kelsey Dennis. go and turn around sit down just move those ice cubes out of the way <laughs> can you all see her <laughs> all right Kelsey you've made Jesus the Lord of your life yes is there anything you'd want to say this morning yes yes I love Jesus you love Jesus amen amen we all love Jesus it's my pleasure to baptize you in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit amen Up next is Mark Gilbert. You've, you've made Jesus the Lord of your life? Yes. Yes, I have. Anything you'd like to say this morning? I do. Yes, I do. I want to, want to be born again. I want to be born again. And I love Jesus Christ as my Savior. I love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, it's my pleasure to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Once only. <laughs> Up next, we have Kathy Cray. And Kathy, you've made Jesus the Lord of your life? Yes. Yes, I have. Anything you'd like to say this morning? Yes, I happily accept Jesus Christ as, as my Savior in my life. Amen. Well, it's my pleasure to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Next, we have Carrie Prudus. It's warm water. <laughs> uh, you've made Jesus the Lord of your life. Yes, I have. Anything you'd like to say this morning? Sure. I've accepted Jesus and accepted his new life that he offered. Amen. It's my pleasure to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> I like that.
Next we have Brady Lloyd. sit down. Brady, have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Anything you want to say this morning? Um, Jesus loves all of you. Amen. That's right. He does. Are you nervous? No. A little bit. All right, good. Well, we haven't lost anybody yet, and we won't make you the first one, so we're good. Brady, it's my pleasure to baptize you this morning in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I always like it when, amen. I always kind of like it with the little kids when their head goes down and their feet come up. <laughs> Next we have Charity Nordlander. Charity, you've made Jesus the Lord of your life? Yes, I have. Anything you want to share with this congregation that brought you to this point today? I just want to say that um, two years ago today, I was in a place living in constant fear and afraid to live and afraid to give up at the same time. And it's been a long journey these last two years, but here I am to um, affirm my faith and continue to grow in it. Amen. Amen. That's what we're here to help you do. So it's my pleasure to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Next we have Nathan Peterson. Nathan, you've made Jesus the Lord of your life? Yes. Anything you want to say this morning? No. No? Okay. <laughs> a man of few words, that's all right. Well, on your profession of faith this morning, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, Nathan, I just noticed you have a lot of hair. I used to have a lot of hair, too, so take a look into your future. Next, we have Zachary Peterson. <laughs> Good morning, Zach. Oh, sneak gooch up there a little bit. Uh, you've made Jesus the Lord of your life? Yep. <laughs> Anything you'd like to say? No. No, okay, all right. Well, it's my pleasure to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have Elizabeth Peterson. Good morning. There we go. You've made Jesus the Lord of your life? Yes. Anything you would like to share with the congregation today? No. No? Okay, good. Well, it's my pleasure to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
Next, we have Noah Wingus. <laughs> Get a hand, are you good? There you go. Turn around, sit down. All right, Noah. You're named after a very important biblical figure. You got big shoes to fill. Uh, you've made Jesus the Lord of your life? Yes, I have. Anything you'd like to say this morning? I just wanted to be like Jesus and like my mom. Aw. Aw. I like that. Well, Noah, it's my pleasure to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Ooh. Amen. Yeah. Next, we have Ashley Martinson. Good job. All right. Ashley, you've made Jesus the Lord of your life. Yes, I have. Anything you would like to share with this congregation that brings you to this point this morning? Um, yes. Um, as an addict in recovery, you struggle daily, still wondering if you're making the right choices and if the things that you're doing in your life at this point are right or wrong. Um, so I'm just grateful for this opportunity to get closer to God and help him or have him help me show, have him show me the way. Amen. <laughs> Amen. This is the first, first step of many. So in your profession of faith, it's my pleasure to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Next we have Daviana Brinkman. And uh, we still have really warm water and a lot of it, so if anybody else wants to be baptized, now is the moment. Come on up. There you go. Good job. Hey. Uh, you've made Jesus the Lord of your life? Yes. Anything you want to say this morning? No. No? <laughs> okay. Well, it's my pleasure to baptize you. Go ahead and plug your nose. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Sub. Sub. Definitely want to take the sweatshirt and the hat off. Why? Because that way you can... Your, your pockets, uh, your pocket. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you notice me? <laughs> Kevin, you play softball yet? I was going to ask you to be on okay, the team, right. but yeah. <laughs> well, we'll carry on this part of the conversation right, later cool. today. We definitely want to talk about it, though. Kevin's grown up. <laughs> A little bit. Well, Kevin, what brings you to this point this morning? Just ready to get her started. You ready to get us? Amen. Amen. Exactly. Exactly. Well, God's doing something, and he begins the work. He'll finish the work. Amen. So I get to baptize you. Go ahead and plug your nose. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.